Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray For You. I'm Jordan, and that resplendent creature on the other side of the screen is the lovely Kristen, as you may have surmised. Thank you guys, by the way, for all the nice messages you've been sending us lately. Messages like, wow, that woman there is so beautiful, and Kristen, you're gorgeous, and Kristen, would you marry me, and Kristen, would you move to Pakistan, uh, and Jordan, would you lend me money? Like, seriously, that, those are the messages we get. It's like... Like that one guy, remember the one guy wanted 15, not lend me, the dude, guy wanted 1500 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, we don't give out money. He's like, all right, all right, 500 bucks. <laughs> no. That's good negotiator. Yeah. You all didn't work. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, so thanks for joining us again tonight. Hey, listen, we're going to get to your prayers in a second, but we get a lot of prayer requests about finances. And so I want to start talking a little bit more about uh, God's plan for your financial prosperity here. It's a topic that a lot of people are afraid to address, and I don't know why, but it's an important one. And I want to relate to you a story about a church I used to go to that was very, very corrupt. And you hear all kinds of bad stories in the in the press about churches that are stealing from people. And I, I want to share that with you, and, and you'll understand why in a second. I used to go to this church that was very large, and it was what you would call a prosperity church, okay? Now, I believe in the prosperity doctrine. It's in the it's in the Bible. It's in there all over the place. If you don't believe me, go read First Psalms chapter 1. I mean, it, Psalms opens with it, okay? All over the Bible. The Bible talks as much about money as it does anything else. But this church really kind of got infatuated with it, okay? To the point where it was like focused on money and it was focused on just getting people um, to, you know, to, to give more money and and really not for the right reasons. I mean, it's, it's you know, Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. Okay. So the focus shouldn't be money. Okay. The focus should be on righteousness. And for these guys, the focus was not only on prosperity, but on kind of, I think a perverse version of it, which is more consistent with like living large or gluttony, really, you know, the, uh, the over the top expenditures, that sort of stuff. We're talking about a church used to bring in millions of dollars every year and that's fine bring in millions of dollars as long as you're doing the right thing with it. Well, this church happened to have an associate pastor who was just known to be a corrupt person. I mean, he was one of these guys that that, never earned an honest dollar in his life, always had one of these get-rich-quick schemes. And he had engaged in some of these schemes with other members of the church, like he had gotten them to invest in his scam. And they lost tens of thousands of dollars each, these people. It was really bad. And the church had to kick him out. And they gave him a, a landing spot on another church who was kind of associated with ours. And you just knew this was going to be a disaster. And before long, like $300,000 went missing from there. Okay, we're not talking about small sums of money. And so what happens is my church brought him back. And you just knew that this was going to cause another problem. And they used to sit him right in the front row and everything. And, you know, like he's a, an honest member. Well, long story short, one day uh, the pastor actually has a heart attack on stage and has to be hospitalized. And this guy comes sneaking in. Now, he's got this investment strategy, and he just needs someone in the church to invest 
a quarter of a million dollars. And he says to the pastor, listen, I, I just want you to, I want you to, you know, let me do this. Um, we'll get someone from the ministry and it'll be great because if they invest this money, then this other company is going to sow tens of millions of dollars into this church so we could, you know, build a youth center and all this other stuff. And the problem is when you're so infatuated with money, all of a sudden that sort of thing sounds plausible. You start saying, oh, that's that's God's blessing right there. We get, you know, we, all we got to do is get one person to invest you know, a quarter of a million dollars and someone else will give us $10 million and we'll give this person their money back with interest. And that's just God's blessing. And like, no, what's happening there is that's greed and gluttony compromising your judgment. So long story short, this corrupt pastor, not the head pastor, but the associate one, the head pastor was in the hospital. The associate one gets one of the ushers to invest his life savings, which was like $250,000. And he said, look, if you invest this in three weeks, we'll give you half your money back. Three more weeks, you'll have all your money back. And three weeks after that, you'll have double your money. And you should know right off the bat that if someone ever says that to you, it's either they're they're either involved in dealing drugs, kidnapping, or it's just a scam and you're never going to see your money again. And in this case, that's what it was. This guy gave his life savings and it just vanished into thin air, man. And meanwhile, that associate pastor, and we, we know this because there was an investigation, was was buying books on Amazon on like, you know, how to hide money overseas and and what, what countries don't have... Uh, um, uh, extradition treaties and, you know, he's buying plastic surgery for his wife. It was bad, bad stuff. It was also very grieving because that was a very large church. There were several thousand people in it. And when that happened, you know, a lot of people started to fall away from the faith because you see that it's like a scam. When you get scammed by a pastor who's operating out of the church, who's got a position of authority within the church, who's, you know, operating on church letterhead, that can't help but cause people to trip up. And and God help you if that happens. And I remember my mother used to go to that church too. We were driving to a different one afterwards in the wake of all of this. And she was, I'm not exaggerating this, on our way to this other church, she was actually sobbing in the car at the thought of all of the, all of the good that could have been done and all of the people who are going to now fall away from the gospel, souls who won't get saved, people are going to start backsliding. It's going to be a mess. And I kind of felt guilty about this because I was involved in exposing it all. Okay. And I, I don't need to really get into that, but I was saying, geez, God, you know, maybe I shouldn't have exposed all of this, but I had good intentions. I was trying to get the guy's money back. But anyway, I felt really kind of convicted wrongly. Um, and I remember we pulled into this other church. My mom's all upset. And I sat down in, in one of the front rows, all upset myself now. And I opened up the Bible and I turned right to this verse. And this could not have been a coincidence. I opened up the Bible. My eyes shot right to a verse that said, my house was called a house of prayer but you've turned it into a den of thieves. That's exactly what had happened with that church. That church grew to be as big as it was because miracles were happening there and people would come and pray and worship God and, and, and really believe and great things were happening. But what happened is people were using it for their own profit and it became a den of thieves. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I would hate to have to answer for that on the judgment day. I'd hate to have to go in front of God because Chris and I, one of the things we're excited about is all the people we're trying to get saved and, and God saying, look how many people you, br- you guys brought into the kingdom. It's not a pride thing. It's what we're supposed to be doing. But the flip side of that coin, what if you're the person who causes someone else to stumble? What if you're the reason other people aren't getting into heaven because you're robbing from God? Think about that. And yet it's not just what that man did. The Bible says, if you aren't tithing, you're robbing from God also. Malachi 3.8 says, will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing from me by not making the payments of a tenth of your of your earnings, okay? 
by not doing that, not only are you robbing from God, you're robbing from missions works. Now people aren't going out and getting souls saved, okay? You're not feeding the poor. Jesus says, whatsoever you do unto the least of these, so have you done unto me. Well, if you're now withholding your money from them, you're, you're actually starving those children. You're responsible for that, okay? And you're going to be held to account for it. And don't write into this show or any other asking us to pray for you for your financial blessings because it's not going to work. If you're not tithing, that's the first precondition. Now, the good news is, and God loves a cheerful giver. He rewards that. He says, bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse, and I will pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to contain. And Krista and I can tell you that's the truth, okay? But if you are robbing from God, I'm sorry, Krista and I can pray for you all night long. We can fast and pray and and do whatever. It's not going to work. We've seen already in this show, we had a, a woman who was homeless who wrote to us and asked us to pray for her. And I said, make sure you're tithing. Make sure you're not holding anything back. She said she found out, she remembered she had $12. She she gave that away to other people in the homeless shelter. And she just wrote to us saying she's getting a new home within a week or so, okay? That's, that's the power of God right there. But if you're not tithing, don't expect it. And don't say, well, listen, I'm in a poor country. You know, there's nothing but poverty here. God's not gonna reward me. Hey, we serve a God, first of all, who says he brings rivers into the desert. Okay, when the Jews were in the promise that were on their way to the promised land, he caused water to come out of a stone. Okay, he caused dry bones to have new flesh on them. All right. So don't start with with I'm in an impoverished area. Maybe it's God's destiny for you to be the first financial blessing there to bless all those other people through you. But he's not going to do that if you're not tithing. And I'm going to tell you this. It's not just it's not just your money. It's tithing your time also. You know, Kristen and I do this. We tithe our time. We tithe several hours every night. I'm not bragging. I'm just using us as an example, okay? If you want to come into the blessings of God, if you want to break the curse of poverty, and that's what it is, okay? You have to follow the rules. And one of the rules is you have to give. And I would recommend not just the 10%. Give more than that. Give, you know, pray about it. God loves a cheerful giver. Give something more than what your 10% is the mere requirement. Okay, that's that's just a tithe, but you also want to be an all, give an offering. You want to bless God, okay? So do that with your time, but do that also with your money, all right? So all of which is to say, guys, I'm, I'm telling you this. This is tough love, but we know the statistics. In, in the average church, only like 15 or 20% of people are tithing. Imagine all the great works that would be done if we were all tithing, okay? And that's true not just in the United States. That's true throughout the world. And, you know, Kristen and I lead by example. I can tell you I'm not a perfect person, but as God is my judge— Dating back through early childhood, I've always tithed on every penny I've gotten. I can say that in front of God and man. And I will tell you this, for those of you saying, well, I don't have much I can't afford. Listen, if you can't give God, you know, 10% of $10, which is only a dollar, you think you're going to be able to write a check for $1,000 or $10,000? It's a lot easier to give that dollar than it is to give the $10,000, believe me. And as someone who's written small checks and large ones, and I'm not saying that because I want a reward, I'm just saying from experience. I wouldn't have been able to write the bigger ones if I didn't start by writing the smaller ones because it's a lot e- it's a lot easier to give small amounts of money, believe me. All right. So guys, listen, this is this is I'm saying this out of love to you and be, it's because, you know, we our ministry is only about 10% in the United States. Most of the most of our followers are in developing countries where poverty is a big problem and we want to see you guys prosper. We want to see you so overwhelmed with God's blessings that people come to you so that you can lend money to them. Okay. That's the goal here. Follow the rules of God. He says, you'll be the first, not the last, the head and not the tail. 
above and not beneath. And then he says, you will lend and not borrow. That's my goal for all of you guys, to be so prosperous that people know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob must have blessed you. And that if they want money themselves, if they have needs themselves that need to be that need to be met, they have to go through God as well, but also that you'll be in a position to bless them. All right. So that's my message for you guys tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Great, tough love. Uh, and I have a couple of thoughts. First, I, I think it's so it should be a tough love message because I, I think that things like this haven't been, it's been more of a oh, kind of soft mm-hmm. thing versus the brevity of the situation. I mean, if you look at Deuteronomy, it talks, it literally lays out, if you tithe, these are the blessings. And right. if you don't tithe, not just that it's optional, oh, do you want an extra be- blessing? Right. These are the curses. And if you look in Deuteronomy at the curses of not tithing, you're like, oh, I think I should tithe uh, very quickly because it is, you know, God is, it's not a lukewarm thing. It's black and white. And so the blessings versus the curses. Um, and then, you know, in Malachi where it says, if you if you bring to the storehouse what is due, the Lord will open the heavens until there is no more need. And I love that verse. He will open the windows of heaven for you, you know, so. And you said last night or the night before, not on the show, but in one of our private talks about how important it is to do it cheerfully. Like, you know, I'm at the point and I'm I'm grateful for this, that I'm really glad when I get to, you know, give money to God, because I think of of all the good it's going to do. I think of the missionaries who, who are praying for that money. And we're now being the answer to a prayer. You know, I think of the poor people who are going to be fed and we are now answering that prayer. There is no greater blessing in the world than to be God's vehicle through which prayers are answered. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I am thrilled about it. And my, listen, I pray, you know, this, I, I, I'm not shy about saying this. I pray for you and I to become major philanthropists, you know, and it's great what people like Bill Gates do. And that's, that's nice. But, you know, it's, it would be great if we had some, you know, real Christian philanthropists, too. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing this show from my basement. And you're doing this from your bedroom. And, and uh, it, people might look and laugh. I say, hey, despise not the day of small beginnings because, you know, you might, you might see this. But my faith is big enough, um, you know, because it, really to move mountains because I serve a God who can move mountains. Absolutely. And you know what? It's very important. I think you hit on, touched on something. When you bring the tithe, it's not just a tent. It's the first. It's not just a tenth. It's not the leftover tenth. It is the first, the first of everything. If you look at the Bible and you look at the tithe, the the firstborn and the first this and the first of your, so it's really, like you said, a heart issue and your time and everything. It is the first. It's putting God first. It's not just the percentage. It's the first. So that is huge. And every time you tell that story about that church, I am like, my spirit grieves and I just get so, uh, have this righteous anger inside because I think that a lot of, I think it's a very encouraging story in a way because a lot of people can identify with at some point or another on a big scale or smaller scale, kind of being wounded by a church because the enemy loves to attack in that way, whether it's going into a church building and somebody not being kind to you or not even saying hello to you at all or feeling left out or whether it's um, church, you know, politics, whatever it is. Um, and there's definitely a counterfeit spirit that tries to roam through the churches of today's de- generation. So um, it's just important to know that it is important, of course, to go and gather, the Bible says, you know, as, as a church, but that you don't give up on God because you had a bad experience at church, that God yeah. is the same God. So yeah. that's very important. Absolutely. 
All right. Um, right before you begin your, your prayer, you might be interested to know our friend Stephanie Lynn uh, just wrote to us. She's the uh, lady who moved out of the homeless shelter. She says, praise report, I am moving out of the homeless shelter and into my own home <laughs> and getting married to a man who loves God and puts him first. I feel blessed. So <laughs> there you go. awesome. Prayer yeah, works. Now, th- now that is great, Stephanie. And this, is the, I think this is the lady who gave the $12, right? You gave $12 and you're getting a home and a husband. That is better go. than the price That's is right. <laughs> that is, I'm so, I'm so, so proud of you and uh, so, so happy for you. It just fills me with such joy to know it, it's, it's very encouraging to us. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. We pray blessings on your marriage and, and your home as well. Um, okay. So tonight, uh, I guess I got to go with another Psalms verse for our prayer and it's a simple one, you know, because there's, I, I do love elaborate language, but I love also that when God speaks in the whisper, those one or two words sometimes are all we need. It's always that just assurance that we need. And so um, tonight's verse is Psalm 29, 11, and it says, the Lord gives strength to Mm-mm. His people, the Lord, you give strength, you give peace, you give so many different things, God. That is just not even a tenth of the blessing that you give us. But if we just even focused on that, Lord, if we truly believed those words, you know what? I, you know, if we let the Bible seep into our hearts, how different would we live, God? How different would our mindsets be and how different would our focus be? If we just took that one verse, just that verse, and believed it down to the core of our being, that you give us strength and you bless us with peace, how much more, God, are all the other things you do for us and the power of your resurrection and at work within us, God, Wow, your peace. That's my prayer tonight. It's just, I pray that we would know your peace, God. We would know your strength and your peace. And your light would be beaming into our hearts, God. Every person listening to to this has a different need, God. But really, we all have the same need as well. It may manifest itself in different ways, but we really have the same need. And that need, every person needs love. Every person needs hope, joy, strength, peace. That is only found in you. We all need you. God. And I have a feeling, just like they say that Einstein only used like one tenth of one percent of his brain capacity and look what he accomplished. That I have a feeling that at moments where we're at a spiritual high, where we just feel your love and your peace, God, that that's not even a fraction of the depth that you want us to go in and the depth of who you are and your love for us. There's that 
ancient song that talks about the, a great hymn about the love of God. It's greater far that tongue or pen could ever tell. It reaches to beyond the stars and reaches to the lowest hell. And I, I'm kind of forgetting some of the words at the moment, but it's basically talking about how if we were to write about the love of God on every single cloud and in, in this and and use the the ocean as ink and use the, the the sky as a scroll and drain the oceans of the world dry, that that wouldn't even ever measure up to the love you have for us, God. You know, the Bible talks about how love, perfect love casts out all fear and that love conquers all and that you are love, God, that we can love because you first loved us. And in with that love is everything we need. It's your peace. It's your joy. It's your holiness. It's, it's, it's everything. It's everything, God. We overcomplicate it so often, and we forget that you're the one who has all the power, power and glory and honor. God, right now, I lay myself down at your feet, and on behalf of every person listening, I know these people love you, Lord. We all lay ourselves down at your feet. We all want to be like Mary when she washed your feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. We all want to sit at, at your feet and listen to what you have to say. We all want to embrace you, God, and run towards you with everything we have. God, Show us who you are. There's more to you than we ever thought possible. And as we dig in deeper, you are opening all the windows of heaven and pouring down a blessing that exceeds anything. And it's not just financial. It's not just relational or or emotional or physical healing it is beyond the perimeters of this world mm -hmm. and beyond the dimensions of our human capacity it is beyond our finite minds it is beyond what we can conceptualize your spirit your power your peace go beyond the realms of this earth because everything, you know, even the, the grass withers and dies, Lord, we are here on this earth for a brief moment. Time goes by so fast. Life goes by so fast. We want to make account for you. Heaven starts now. We do not know the days or the hours. We don't know when you're coming back. We don't know how much time we have personally on this earth, but God, we want to honor you with every moment that we are here. We want to live 
with that heaven mindset. And we want to make the most of every opportunity and make the most and, and, and go through the doors that you've called us to go through. We don't want to hesitate in the hallway, God. We want to push through and go through and grab your hand and say, yes, Lord, you are sending me. Yes, Lord, I am going. That's for somebody tonight. God is sending you. It may not be even a, a physical place. Maybe it's, it's, it's a mindset that you need to break. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but you've been asking God and he's saying, yes, I'm sending you. He's sending you. God, send us. We are chosen. You are chosen, child of God. We are, we are chosen. You have been chosen just like Queen Esther for such a time as this. Such a time as this. We have been chosen. We are in this spot right now at this time in the, the world for such a time as this. We as God's church get to be the closing rapture. Now, the uh, gl- closing chapter. Now, the rapture may happen. I don't know when the rapture is going to take place because <laughs> I'm not God. And the Bible says we don't know. But whether it's many, many years from now or whether it's tonight or tomorrow, we need to know and be secure in our hearts. You may have gone to church for many years, but are you secure in, in your spot in heaven and living? Are you, if you're hiding a sin, if you're living a double life, you need to confess that to the Lord. It is a big deal because he wants to draw you and he loves you. Don't say it's no big deal. Are you living out full out for God? Are you, have you put everything into all, everything into God? How awesome is it that we get to close out and for God before he comes, that we are his church and these are the last days. I'm, however long these last days are, I'm firmly convinced that they are the last days. So Thank you, Lord, for choosing us at this moment in time in history, God, for your honor and your glory. And we will live out loud for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excellent job. Very good. Thank you. All right, guys, let's get right to the prayer request. Hey, look, we don't just pray for these people. We ask that you pray along with us for these people, all right? Uh, First of all, we're going to start with um, Sita says, Pastor, I need prayers to be more strong. I pray, but I don't think that's enough. You are prayer warriors. I need you to pray for me and my family. Well, look, we're all prayer warriors here, not just me and Kristen, but everyone watching as well. That's the point. So Sita, in Jesus' name, I pray for you to have more strength. All right. Ours is not a spirit of weakness, but of power and love and a sound mind. So God, I want you to, I pray that you make Sita aware that she's fully equipped or he's fully equipped for every good work. That that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Okay, it's not necessarily his strength, but the idea is that through you, through your strength, he can do anything. So, Father God, I pray that you just you just empower this person. And you know, see that you should actually go and watch the episode from last night, the one we did on resistance training, which has a lot to do with building up your strength. I think you, I think that would speak a lot to you. So, in Jesus' name, we pray for you to be. Uh, just sufficient, overly strong. I mean, not just not just strong enough, but just so strong that um, other people even notice and that you even feel it. And it just be what you, what you perceive right now as your weakness actually becomes your strength in Jesus' name. Kristen Akinruli says, more grace to your ministry. 
Olaid from Nigeria. I guess that's a person's real name. I want prayers in my prayer life. I want increase daily and in the study of God's word. I also want God to settle me maritally and give me a job, a media job precisely and financial breakthrough. Well, media job, that's right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. What was the name again? I'm sorry. Oh, the, the screen name is Akinruli, but I think the person's name is Oliadi. Oliadi. Okay, I was going to say Olay. I <laughs> think that was it. <laughs> Oliadi. Uh, well, Oliadi, uh, what a beautiful prayer. God knows your heart. I'm so proud of you for having a heart after him to want to dig in deeper with him. And he's just so proud of that. And he's going to honor that prayer because he wants to be so close to you. So, and when you give that first to him, when you tie that, he's going to give, make all of these other dreams come true as well. And for your media job, absolutely. God can work through, um, so many different ways. And the media is such a wonderful tool because the enemy has tried to take that tool, but we take it for his kingdom. So I pray, and we do, we do not have enough, uh, people in the kingdom that are, are doing things in media. So I pray that you would become that beacon of light, uh, like a lighthouse, uh, in media for people to come to know Jesus through, through your ministry, your media job as well. And maritally settled, I think that means that you are wanting to get married. Um, but either way, whatever it is, um, God knows your heart. And, um, so we just pray that he would help you in all of your relationships, uh, to succeed and prosper and give you that, those desires of your heart in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. I think we've decided from now on that when we see people asking for marital settlement, that must be what they mean. All this time, I thought they were like asking for a divorce <laughs> case to be settled. Seriously, but I know, I, think, I like, do too. Like it's it's like culturally that just means to them mean getting like settled down, you know? Yes. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. That's that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like all these marital settlements. I know it was weird. <laughs> all right, Salim. Let's see. It's uh, I'll actually yeah I'll do Salim. Uh, Salim says, please pray for my father who is a dialysis patient and pray for my family. And then Rohill also says, please pray for my father who's have a breathing problem. Well, you know, my uncle was on dialysis. And uh, so it's something I know a lot about. In fact, my, I think my grandfather too, come to think of it. And so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to pray in Jesus name that the curse of kidney failure of renal problems is broken over my family. Number one, I pray the same thing with Salim, that your father doesn't need dialysis anymore, that God will create new kidneys in him. And I pray for the safety and health and prosperity of your entire family. And for Rohill, you know, when I see these things about breath problems, I'm reminded that that the word spirit actually means breath. And so I pray that your father is just overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, that he can breathe perfectly normally, that he doesn't need any kind of respirators or anything, and that God basically gives him a new set of lungs. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, I order those lungs to be opened, and I order those kidneys to function properly. Amen. And in fact, I didn't even see this. The next prayer also is from someone named Barnabas, who says, please pray for my wife, Renege Gare. She is now having difficulty breathing. There's another one. All right. Mm, yeah. So, Father God, I'm just going to add on to that prayer that this woman, Renege, Barnabas's wife, uh, that you open up her lungs. You, know, you breathe the breath of life into her. Okay. Give her no difficulty breathing whatsoever. Whatever it is, if it's her sciences, whatever. I just order those lungs to be in perfect conformity to the will of God and for not to have any more breathing problems. And for all these people who have these problems breathing or with their kidneys, that God, that you'll just perform great miracles in them so that other people will believe in miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Kristen, here's one for you. Mila says, uh, please pray for my daughter, 
my daughter's delivery next month. I don't know if her daughter's giving birth or she's giving birth to her daughter, but I think she means her daughter's delivery, but you know, either way, God knows. So Mila, um, we pray for your daughter to give birth to a beautiful, healthy baby, no complications, or if you're having the baby, either one of you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, we just pray for uh, just the hands of the doctors to be guided by the Lord. And, um, just that that child would come, we dedicate that child to the Lord and the Lord's service, and we just pray for everything to go as Jesus has planned and promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Bridget says, I'm praying for my soulmate to find me. Well, uh, that's a prayer that I prayed for a long time, as Kristen knows. I prayed it for, well, longer than seven years, Um, and I know Kristen prayed it for a long time, too. What I would say to you is faith without works is dead. So it's not enough to pray. You got to do your part also. Um, in my case, you know, Kristen, for example, when her mom found me on Facebook, sent me a friend request and I accepted it. We went from there. You know, I'd also looked around online and things like that. That didn't work out for me. But the point is, I don't really believe in the kind of um, and I'm not saying you're guilty of this. I'm just saying for people who are listening, I don't really believe in the say a prayer and sit on your couch kind of faith. Right. You know, I believe in this in in pray, you know, pray without ceasing, but then ask God what you should be doing as well. And that's why Kristen and I so often emphasize and there's really no way around this. The importance of actually hearing from God. Prayer is a two way street. It's not me, you know, going onto Amazon and clicking the things I want and saying, deliver it to me. It's a conversation. You have to listen. Kristen, I was reading in the. First Samuel, say something like chapter 23 or thereabouts, where David is fleeing from Saul and he's constantly asking God, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go attack this group? You know, will you give me victory over the Philistines? Will mm-hmm. this group turn me into Saul? Having like a, a, a conversation with him and God saying, uh, yes, no, go attack the Philistines. I'll give them into your hands, but don't go over here because these people are going to turn you in. I mean, like actual conversations. Yeah. And, and we see this time and again, the importance of listening to God. So Bridget, I'm standing with you and Kristen's standing with you to find a great soulmate who loves the Lord above all else, but also for you to to listen to God for what he wants you to do. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go. Amen. All right, let's pick up uh, some of the online ones. Our friend Fernando tunes in again. Love seeing Fernando. Yes. Dahlia Rodizma, please pray for me to have my own house. I'm from the Philippines and to have a happy family too. All right. Well, Dahlia, we pray that God God knows the desire of your heart. He cares about you. He cares about your home. He cares about having, um, I, I assume you mean you want to start a family. Maybe you mean you want your family to be happy. I don't know. But either way, God does want you to have a happy family. So um, I just pray over you, over your future. And um, like Jordan said about action, you know, if there's some sort of action you need to take, I pray that God shows that to you and um, just that everything would line up with the will of God and and y- the, the doors would be open for you to be able to have that um, the house and family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Dahlia also says, good morning. Have a blessed day, couple. Thank you. You too. Titus Adia says, I need a vehicle. You know, it reminds me of a story I heard Joel Osteen tell, tell real quick. He says, his man says to his son, listen, um, uh, I'll get you a car, but you got to, you know, get your grades up in school and, you know, you got to, 
you, you got to, you know, work hard after school and you got to get your hair cut. And the kid, you know, brings his grades up in school and he works hard, but he doesn't get his hair cut. And the dad says, well, you know, I'm not going to get you a car. You, you, what's the deal? You, I told you I have to get your hair cut. He says, dad, I was thinking about it. You know, all the all the great heroes in the Bible had long hair. I mean, Jesus had long hair. Moses had long hair. Samson had long hair. And the father says, yeah, and they walked everywhere, too. So, <laughs> that's a stupid joke. Oh, wow. That was terrible. <laughs> that was. All that for nothing. <laughs> but I'm right. ching. <laughs> Tatis, we don't believe you want to walk anywhere. You need a vehicle. Father God, yes. this is serious. In Jesus' name, this man needs a vehicle. You know, we, we know that you meet all of our needs. We, we lift this person up and his situation up to you. God, I know that you have the right vehicle for him at the right price. And not just that, but also that that he he's going to have the money to put gas in it and pay for the insurance and everything. Because the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord bringeth wealth and he adds no trouble to it. So I believe you're not just going to give this person a vehicle, but give him the finances also to maintain the vehicle and everything like that. We thank you. This is a done work. And we pray that he's able to use that vehicle uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yvonne Romero Rauschenbach. Oh, hey, Yvonne. How are you? But she's responding, I think, to what I said. She said, my husband told me years ago, you can never outgive God. I agree with what you're sharing tonight. Well, thank you very much. That's right. Awesome woman of God. Thank you, Yvonne. Veronica Cabrera is back with us again, watching from Belmopan, the capital city of Belize. I'm so excited that we have someone in the capital city of Belize. Um, she says, I'm sorry I'm late. Please continue praying for me. Yes, absolutely. Well, it, I love that we have a person in a, a position of influence down there. So do you want to play, uh, pray for Veronica real quick? Yes, Lord. Thank you for um, the awesome work that you're doing in Veronica's life. And uh, I love that praise report yesterday. But we ask for you to continue the good work you started. God, you don't want to just do anything halfway, God. You don't You don't trick us. You don't. You don't leave us hanging, Lord, you will finish what you started. So I just pray that you would finish that in Veronica's life and her entire family and for her to be a great influence on all the people Mm -hmm. in her nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Veronica, you are a leader. I'm telling you, you're a prayer warrior. You're a missionary. I hope, I just, my prayer for Veronica is that she has a a triple dosage of boldness. I just want her to just be the boldest person and just to spread the word of God. All right. And then we just have a bunch of prayers uh, requests from people who sometimes they write us very small ones. And these are about family members. So Hugo says, thank you, Jordan and Kristen, for praying for us. Please pray for my family's needs. Vinod says, please pray for me and for my family and ministry. Margaret says, please pray for my family and friends, my country. And Sami and Gurrier just says prayer. Okay. Well, Father God, I'm going to pray for all these people right now because it's all the same thing. It's all for their family. So God, we pray for Hugo's family, Vinod's family, Margaret's family, Simon and Gurrier and their family. In Jesus' name, we pray that all of them are blessed with health, with prosperity in all things, even as their soul prospers in strong relationships. We pray that you give them boldness. We pray that you give them wisdom and understanding. We pray that you, you lift them up and make them leaders. And we pray that each of these people, not just these people I'm praying for now, but everyone we're praying for tonight, everyone listening, learns to see themselves the way God sees them, okay? That's one of the hardest things to learn. It's something I had to learn, something Kristen had to learn. We've all had to learn it. We see it in the Bible with Gideon. You know, I think I preached a message on this, um, how how Gideon saw himself as a coward, but God saw him as a mighty man of valor, okay? Yeah. I see, Kristen and I see all of you people as mighty men and women of valor. And we really believe that, you know, 
we are in your lives now to bring you a message that you are leaders also, that you guys are prayer warriors, you guys are missionaries, you guys have the boldness, you have that voice, okay? I, I, I'm glad that God brought you to us, that you had these needs that needed to be filled, but, but guys, what I want for you and what I believe for you is for you to start filling other people's needs. And so that's my prayer for Hugo, for Vinod, for Margaret, Sami and Guria, Bridget, Mila, Barnabas, Salem, uh, Akin Ruli, Sita, Rohill, and everybody else who wrote in tonight that you guys are leaders and not followers, that you have boldness and you go forth boldly and spread the word of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yes. I thought that was good. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Kristen. Well, listen, this is the most important part of the show, which is why I give it to you. Uh, this is the call to salvation. So if you would uh, lead us with it. And guys, listen. You can, if you're already saved, that's great. But listen to how Kristen prays because you can pray for other people. And, and you know, you can also lift other people up in prayer while she's praying for this, that they will pray the call of salvation also. All right. So here, here's Kristen. Amen. So if you would like to accept Jesus or recommit your life, please follow after me. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, leave us a message or leave a comment on the video. We want to know and we want to um, help you get started with your walk with Christ. Amen. And someone just wrote in, we're just going to finish off. Mr. Paul here. Gio Aduro Paul says, please pray for my relationship with my girlfriend. She wants this relationship to stop. Pray if this relationship is from God. It, I guess if it's from God, he doesn't want it to stop. And if it isn't from God, then to let it go. Mm-hmm. I just pray that you just have total peace about this, that yeah. God closes a door that should be closed, but that God holds open a door that should be open. Um, I, I just pray that, yeah, I pray you have total peace about the situation and total clarity and that God comes in power to you, okay? You know, the Bible says where the enemy comes in like a storm, God will raise up a standard against him. So I'm just praying that God raise up a standard for you in your life tonight, J.O. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty, guys. Well, listen, thanks for joining us again tomorrow. Uh, thank you for joining us again today. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow I should be on location at Kristen's house. We hope this has been a blessing to you. Listen, seriously, what I said, you guys are all leaders, okay? Operate with boldness. Put on the full armor of God and go out, okay? Um, if you guys, listen, if you need any any more prayer, you're certainly always welcome to write. We also want to hear the praise reports. Go tithe. Go ask God where you have to give money. I ask God all the time where I should give money, okay? Make sure you're doing that. Uh, and um, in the meantime, guys, we'll see you tomorrow night. I hope you have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, 7.30, same time. In the meantime, as always, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing.